Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Kayla Sluka, and today we will be reading Matthew 12, 22 through 45. It's a little bit longer, so we're going to buckle up, and here we go. Then a demon-possessed man, who was blind and couldn't speak, was brought to Jesus. He healed a man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, Could it be that Jesus is the Son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day after every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. One day, some of the teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, Only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The Queen of Sheba will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and find its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. We ask that you would give us wisdom as we dive into what you have spoken to us here. Holy Spirit, speak. 
We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have a lot going on in this passage. And honestly, we don't have enough time to do the number of deep dives that I would love to do into these smaller passages contained within the larger one. But I'm going to do an overview of what we just read because I know it was long and I know you stuck with me, but I want to give us a quick overview and then give you two major themes or ideas that I see rising to the surface in this particular passage. So we begin with Jesus healing a demon-possessed man. He can't see, he can't speak, and so Jesus is, Jesus heals him. And because of this, people begin to question again, well, maybe this is the Messiah, like maybe Jesus is, you know, Jesus, <laughs> the Son of God, you know, the the Messiah. And this makes the religious leaders nervous. They were always very wary of deciding who truly was the Messiah if they were. So they're not saying this out loud, but they're thinking, nah, this guy's with the other guy. He's he's one of Satan's minions. And Jesus knows that this is what they're thinking. And so he calls them out on it. And his famous line, he says that a house divided against itself cannot stand. And as he continues to speak about this particular uh, concept, he dives in a little deeper saying that, you know, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. It doesn't make sense. If Satan's goal is to steal, kill and destroy, why on earth would he bring healing to somebody that he is torturing? Just doesn't make sense. And that's basically what Jesus tells the Pharisees. And so they say, well, show us a sign, which of course is hilarious because Jesus just showed them a sign by healing this man and they didn't like it. They thought, oh, he's on the other team. And so they demand, well, you know, if you really are who you say you are, then, you know, show us a sign. And so Jesus prophesies about his own death, the sign of Jonah, that is his death and resurrection. And you know, they're not, they're still not too happy about that. Um, and then he finishes with kind of a strange passage, if you will, um, about when an evil spirit leaves, um, it comes back with seven more of its friends and wreaks more havoc than before. Um, and that's where our passage ends today. And it's, it's a little strange, but at the same time, I think there are two contrasting kingdoms that are being brought to the surface here. And that is the kingdom of Satan. And as I said before, Satan's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy the abundant life that God is calling us to. In contrast to that, we see Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God. So we have the kingdom of Satan in contrast to the kingdom of God. And like I said, there is a lot here and there's a lot to get bogged down by, but those are the two things that I want us to keep at the forefront is that we very much have a real enemy who is out to wreak some very major havoc in the world. And you only need to look around at the world to find evidence of that. I think we can all look at our own lives and see evidence where Satan has attempted to steal, kill, and destroy in certain situations, 
or um, seasons. And in contrast to that is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is there to call us into an abundant, full life. And it's really interesting because I'm doing a deep dive right now on the kingdom of God. What is it in scripture? What does it mean? What what does what are the characteristics of the kingdom of God? And so it's really interesting that this is the passage I got today. And one of the things that sticks out to me, and I, I think we can see it here as well, is the kingdom of Satan. That is the evil that we see here. We, we're seeing real people here experiencing real physical ailments that are directly from Satan. And while that's not always the case, not all physical ailments are, you know, a demon possession, there are times where there are physical, emotional, and mental issues that are a direct result of Satan's attacks of him trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's interesting to me that his kingdom comes with a bit of, of violence. And what I mean by that is he's forcing his way to destroy. The, he has an agenda and he's not really interested in being nice about it, which is why Jesus is saying a house, why a house divided against itself, why on earth would Satan do something good when his intention is to do evil and destroy and bring down as many people as he can? And then we see the kingdom of God. And from my study so far, it's interesting because the kingdom of God is full of power. It's full of power, but the kingdom of God comes with an invitation. God is not going to force his way into your life. God is not going to walk into your home, beat down the door and say, you're now a citizen of the, you know, of the kingdom of God and you have to do exactly what I say. It's much more gentle. And so there's this really cool juxtaposition that happens that as a citizen of the kingdom of God, as somebody who says, I've submitted my life to Christ and I submit to your way of looking at the world, your way of moving through the world, I'm backed by that power. The Holy Spirit is with me, walks with me, is my seal of approval, my passport, if you, if you will, proving that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that goes with me wherever I go. I am protected. I cannot be harmed in the eternal spiritual way. I am protected forever. I'm good. There is a lot of power behind that, but God is never going to force me into his kingdom. It always comes with an invitation. And I love that Jesus kind of pulls on that here. When he's talking about whoever speaks, um, who, whoever's with me is with me and whoever's not with me is against me. There's no sense of ill will there. Like, well, if you're not with me, then we're going to come get you and we're going to drag you here. It's like, look, if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not with me, you're not with me. And that's your decision. That's up to you. And there's something so gently loving and peaceful about that is here we have actual real-time experience of 
people being assaulted by the kingdom of Satan. He's trying to bring them down. This man is blind, unable to speak, and and clearly going through some things. And then you have the kingdom of God. You have Jesus walk in, heal him. Just this gentle, loving act. And and then just moves on. If you're with me, you're with me. If you're not with me, you're not with me. There's no forcing his way through the door. And so today I want to leave you with that same invitation. Jesus also talks about the tree and its fruit. And to the basic core, he's saying what matters most is your heart, where your heart is. Who has your heart? A good tree produces good fruit. Bad tree produces bad fruit. If we want to produce good fruit, then we give our heart to God. And and if you tend the heart, you tend the behavior. So often the religious leaders were so interested on what it looked like on the outside, right? They're trying to be a good tree on the outside, but they're producing bad fruit because deep down their heart is not submitted to God. Their heart has not been given to God. They have not in they have not accepted the invitation to walk in God's kingdom. So today I hope this is encouragement for you that there are some really hard things that you may be dealing with. And some of those may feel like full frontal assault from Satan, a straight up gut punch. And I want you to know that in this passage, there is hope for you that the kingdom of God has so much more power than what Satan could ever have. And and God invites you into that kingdom, into his protection, but he's never going to force you And don't worry about trying to be so good on the outside. Give God your heart. Trust him. Walk boldly in the kingdom of God. Accept the invitation. And you will not, you will not regret it. Friends, I hope you have a wonderful day. It's been great hanging out with you. Love you much. Bye.